and welcome to the Small Church Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we are helping the small church fulfill the big mission. My name's Brian. I'm a fellow small church pastor. I get to serve alongside of you guys in the trenches, and I'm also joined by some awesome guys in this room, Joey and Colby. How you guys doing? Our faces have got to be like, oh, he's saying this again. My life is dope, and I do dope things, <laughs> but we just kind of look like... Oh, okay, let's run through this thing. Let's get through the motions here. Okay, now we get into the content. And yeah, so, but my life is dope and I do dope things. Do you not want me to say what I say? When no, I, I love it when you say those things. You just said you didn't, bro. I didn't say that. I was like, that's the way we well, look. Well, that's how, that's how yeah, I the heard last, it. The that's last, what you communicated, you turned. Exactly. The last series, the last sermon, uh, podcast we did, we talked about how we need to know our audience. And, and you looking at us, you know, the audience is not, hey, I don't like this. The audience is like, we're good with it, but it just, we portray that. We look at you like, oh my gosh, come on, dude, get done with it. But that's not what we are. We we love this. You know what? I'm leaving. My feelings are hurt now. That's all right. It's not the first time. It won't be the last time. It will be because I'm, I'm on my last feeling. Go down to Walmart. They got them for sale. Do they? Nice. So, Joey, how are you doing, man? I'm blessed. I'm glad you're blessed. And even though you say that every time. I appreciate that you say that every time, brother. I love you so much. I appreciate you too. Brian, how are you doing? No, how are you doing? No, no, no. Let's get into this. Welcome to episode 54. Let's get into it. Where we're talking about our feelings. We're airing them out personally. This podcast has now become, usually it's a confessional. Now it's a counselor moment right now, right? We're in therapy. (laughs) We're in collective group therapy, and you guys that are listening are our therapists. And you guys have been doing a great job, by the way, by being our therapist, because this has been a great, uh, very therapeutic to come in here and just unload on a podcast. Well, I don't know. I hope that it's therapeutic after we get done with this one, because in this one is episode 54. First of all, we're working on our second 50, guys. Pretty awesome, right? Pretty awesome. But this episode 54, we're talking about our personal leadership growth plan. So this may be a good episode for us to go. Oh, wow. Praise God for that, huh? Because what? This is Small Church Leadership Leadership. Podcast, and we have to have a growth plan to grow personally as a leader because growing leaders help growing ministry, right? And growing ministry is growing the people and all of those things. So what's your personal leadership growth plan? When we talk about that, what comes up into your mind, guys? Well, I, I'm just trying to I'm just trying different things that I can find something that works for me. Praise God, that's and spaghetti so, approach. So, like so right now I'm, I'm I'm trying to imitate the big pastor down the road because I want to be have a church like his. So I'm trying to do things like he's doing. Uh, or and there's another guy that I like how he's doing it. Uh, he's not successful with it, but I like it. It appeals to me. So that's what I'm trying to imitate him now. And so that's what my yeah. Hey, I love imitating other pastors. I do that. That's been like how I've built my ministry. Hey, their their church is larger than mine, so if I do what they're doing, then I'm going to get their results. So yeah, I'm trying like to it. preach like Rod Parsley. Oh, Rod Parsley. <laughs> oh, name. Man, that's what, yeah, that's it, man. My mother used to say, "You remind me so much of Rod Parsley," and every time she said that, I would throw up in my mouth a little bit. And I'm like, "Can can I remind you of somebody with possibly a?" little bit better theology, but anyway, so <laughs> I don't know that guy. Let me remind you of Charles Spurgeon or somebody. So never heard of him. You're blessed. Rob. So Joey, you can't say you're blessed anymore. Rob Parsley. Rod Parsley. Rod yeah, Parsley. He's an old school charismatic guy. He's one of like the word of faith, like name it and claim it guys. He's uh, not like the OG of that, but he's like one of those guys. Yeah. Got a big church in Ohio. I think is where his church is at. Something like that. So Colby, where I'm from. You think you I would, know, I would you have would heard, think of, you him, would have heard of him, man. Yeah, I, when I was in Ohio, I wasn't in church. So. 
<laughs> and I didn't much care about church things back then. So yeah, I hear that. Yeah. So, Kobe, bring us back on the rails, man. Well, What's your personal? What do I think plan? about when I when I look at uh, the personal leadership growth plan? I'll tell you when I was when I was looking at these notes and and trying to answer some questions and think about things. I was like, man, I had no plan for so long, even though. Uh, and, and it's a humble brag. My degree is in leadership. Uh, and, and I am, I love, I love reading about leadership and talking about leadership, but I just didn't have any plan as far as my own personal leadership growth. And, uh, and so it was like, I would say probably within the last two, three years, maybe I, I started kind of moving some things around to, to, to try to be a better leader, not just a better pastor, but a better leader. And, uh, even, even to today when looking at the notes, I'm like, man, I'm not very good at this. So hopefully Joey and Brian can bring things together for me and, uh, and get me moving on the right path of a, a great plan. Fingers crossed about that one, right? So let's go old school. I'm here to learn. <laughs> now on a serious note, um, one of the things that I'm, I'm learning now, I wanted to find stuff that fed what I did well so I could promote what I did well. And now I'm learning I need to be listening to those voices that are speaking to what I'm not doing well and allow them to help me be a better leader. You mean there's something you don't do well? Apparently. He said in all seriousness, so I had a lot of jokes I was going to come back with. But <laughs> oh, man. He said in all seriousness, so we can't joke about yeah. it. No, go ahead. Next I, time, I guess, say in partial seriousness instead okay. of all seriousness. Yeah, partial give, seriousness. give us an open door at least. So here's a question then, guys. What resources are you currently using to grow as a leader? I listen to the Small Church Leadership Podcast every week. I am so sorry. I said, what are you doing to grow as a leader? Well, you can grow even with negative things, right? You learn, you look at things and you say, okay, this is how to not do things. And this is how, you know, I've had leadership, uh, you know, when I was in the military, I had uh, uh, supervisors that were great and I had supervisors that were garbage. And uh, I learned something great from all of them because if you have a, a boss or a supervisor that is not very good, you can learn how to not treat people. And, uh, and that's what I've learned from a lot of people over time. So I, I listen to podcasts, small church leadership podcast, uh, Craig Rochelle. Uh, he's, he's got a great leadership podcast, Carrie Newhoff. Uh, I read books on leadership. Um, almost exclusively I'm reading books on leadership, uh, something to do with leadership. What kind of books are you currently reading right now? So right now I'm reading, uh, boundaries by, uh, Dr. Henry cloud. Uh, I just finished lead like Jesus by Ken Blanchard. Um, how's that one? That one's really good too. Yeah. Uh, it's the updated version. Um, the version from 2007 uh, was okay, but it, I mean it was very popular. But I just didn't get into it. But the 2017 re- remake, uh, the revised version, is uh, really good. Uh, I really enjoyed reading that one. What about you, Joe? Right now, I'm <coughs> sorry. Right now, I'm coughing. <laughs> yes, right now I'm coughing. <laughs> uh, I go to something called HGM, Healthy Growing Ministries, and it's a network. We get together and we talk about some of the stuff that y'all heard on this podcast, uh, uh, like the big days. But also they always have a leadership portion of that where they talk about being a better leader and uh, allowing that to speak into my life. And and it usually points out all the stuff that I'm doing wrong. And uh, (laughs) I'm going, hey, they list something that leaders should be doing, and I'm going, Okay, now, I, which one am I going to start? Because I'm not doing any of these. Ugh. Yeah, uh, that's how I feel whenever I'm in those things as well. And so some things that uh, if I can try my best to 
bring this into here's one, two, three. Like Colby's mentioning, there are podcast resources, there are books that can be listened to, and then you're talking about something that I think is overlooked, and that's peer groups that are together. Um, you know, we talk about this as pastors that you're going to be like the people you hang out with, right? And, you know, there's that thing where Paul said that bad company corrupts good morals. And so peer communities of other people that are trying to grow as a leader, those things are, are good and important. I, I know this. When I'm in pity party mode, I look for people that are going to let me stay in a pity party because I don't want to be better. And I do that sometimes. I'm going to be gut level honest. As a pastor of a small church, I like to get around other pastors of small churches that don't want to do better but want to just gripe and complain. And I like being in groups where people are like, well, man, just coronavirus and nobody really wants to come to church anymore. I like being around those guys because it's easier to complain about what's going wrong than it is to look in the mirror and go, uh, I kind of haven't been the best leader either. And I haven't been intentional and I haven't been filling the blank of whatever it is. So peer learning groups, like being around you guys, man, hearing some of the things that you're doing, I'm like, man, these guys are like, they're actually putting energy and intention and intentionality into growing their ministry and growing themselves. And I need to be like that if I'm going to be around those guys. So peer learning things, those are really good, man. Yeah, I like that peer learning, the books that we read. But when I read books, I get overwhelmed with how much stuff I'm not doing sometimes. And so I've learned that I need to pick out the one thing. What's the one thing in this read that I need to do that I need to make the change? I might have to add some things on, but where am I going to make the first change? Yeah. And then make start making that change. And oh, that's one that's one of the things that uh, several years ago I was with some pastors and and we had talked about a conference you know holding holding the conference ourselves and bringing in a speaker and, and and doing all this stuff and and I had a pastor look me in the eye and say I don't need a conference I use God's word and the Holy Spirit and I was like man that is wonderful for you teach the rest of us how how that stuff is all you need because I believe that God will use those other tools. To, to reach you. But you go to these conferences and other pastors said, well, I go to these conferences and I don't get anything out of them. Okay. All of these conferences that you go to, whether it's a conference on discipleship, evangelism, church growth, whatever it is, you go to all of these conferences and you don't get anything from these experts that have done it multiple times. You get nothing from them. Uh, if you go in there with an open mind and say, listen, God, just, I just, just one thing. Don't overwhelm me because you can get overwhelmed easily in a book and the conferences and all these other things. Get overwhelmed easily. One thing. What's one thing that I can get out of this box to make a, to give me a tool that I can use later on? Yeah, and in those conferences, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Yes. It's going to blow you back instead of... Well, they only have a certain amount of time to give you the information, so they're throwing it all at you right now. Right. And also keep in mind... If they didn't bring big speakers to talk about everything, nobody would show up for these things. If we were leading I mean, exponential, nobody yeah. would come to that, So that's how these conferences are designed. Yeah. They're not designed for you to go in and just get a turnkey project for you. They're designed to give you a whole lot of perspective so you can pick and choose what works for you. Yeah, but pick that thing, that one, two, three thing that you need to work on, and then make first steps on those is what I've had to do. And you, uh, you, you said about your friend, uh, I just need God and the Holy Spirit. Uh, don't dismiss that part of it too. At all. Yeah. yeah. Because right now, one of the things that, how I'm becoming a better leader is I'm allowing God to deal with the flaws in me. Uh, and as I'm allowing him to deal with the flaws in me, I'm, I'm able to deal with people better. 
because I, God is dealing with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things, and, and you joked about it at the beginning, at least I thought it was a joke that uh, you're uh, doing what the, the, the big church pastor, comparing yourself to the big church pastor or the pastor across the street or whatever. And that's one of the things that I've really worked on is not playing the comparison game for my own leadership. Uh, I've gotten off of social media. I just have the one account that I can do stuff for a church account because you get the highlight reel on social media. And so I used to follow a bunch of churches, uh, some local churches, some big time, you know, global churches. I used to follow a bunch of them and, and I would look at them and, and, and man, I would just get kind of ate up inside because I'm seeing these things that these guys are doing. But then I actually got to like meet with some of them and realize that I got their highlight reel. Now this past Sunday, the bills and the Jaguars played on Sunday. Uh, the final score was nine, six Jacksonville. That should tell you how awful of a game it was that Jacksonville beat the bills nine to six, but sports center shows the three highlights of the game. And they were really exciting highlights, interceptions, you know, all kinds of like these, these three highlights of this game. And so that if you saw those three highlights, you're thinking, man, that must've been a great game. But if you actually watch the game, it was garbage. It was probably one of the worst football games of the year. And so when you are starting to look on social media at these other big-time pastors and you're comparing yourself to them, you're getting their highlights. You're not getting their life. And so you, I, I try hard to, for my own leadership to not compare myself to other leaders. Maybe get some nuggets, but never compare myself to those leaders. And by That's the good. way, the worst uh, game this year is the last Cowboys game. Cowboys, that was Broncos. Pathetic. I wasn't going to bring it up, but it was awful. It was it was pathetic, and I couldn't believe it. Fox wouldn't change the channel, you know, <laughs> change the game, show us a game that matters. But anyway, I digress. So, are there any other resources that you guys have in your leadership growth plan? I didn't have anything else down. I was trying to think: uh, books, uh, conferences, uh, podcasts, peer, peer to peer. Yeah, I think that's what, what do, do you, you got. I, a, a multitude of some of the same things. Yeah. I, I think for me, it's not just that I have these options, but that I, I have to get a plan for here's here's where I'm growing. And, you know, one thing about coaching is coaching helps you to focus on the things that you need to do right. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to coach myself as a leader in the places where I need specific coaching. Um you know, one of the places where I need specific coaching is staying consistent with leading my team. And so I'm reading books, listening to podcasts around that. What I like to do, Joey mentioned it earlier, I like to listen to like theology podcasts because that's like my wheelhouse. I like to listen to podcasts about stuff that I'm good at because that interests me. But what I'm having to do now is like focus on the, one of the next questions is balancing the CEO shepherd tension. I need to learn how to be a better CEO of the team leader of the team that's over me while also not losing the shepherd part of that too. So I, I'm listening to different things. The Craig Groeschel's leadership podcast is really good with that. Um, uh, uh, Pete Scazzaro, emotionally healthy leader. He uh, talks really a lot about stuff like that. And so I'm trying to make sure that I'm being intentional about the areas that I need to focus on. Um, man, we got to get people through the doors on Sunday morning. So I, I got to make sure that I'm not putting more energy 
into. Now, we just did a whole thing on preaching life hacks, so don't at me about this. But I've got to make sure I'm putting more energy into getting people through the doors on Sunday than I am in just making sure I have a great message. Because if I have a great message and nobody's there to hear it, right? And so those are kind of things that I'm doing to help me grow personally as a leader. I want to make sure that I'm growing in my capacity to lead the team and love the team, but also in my capacity to say, here's the bottom line. Here's the win for us. You know, if these football coaches we're talking about, some of these guys are great leaders, but they get fired because they don't win, not because they're not great leaders, because they don't win. And so I'm trying to find what are the wins for me? You know, we're going leaning into 2022. What are the three wins for me? Like a football, an NFL season, 16 games. So they know at the end of 16 games how many they've won because they have – it's 17 now. Yeah, that's right. They just expanded that. So they know they've got a scoreboard. They've got rules of what the win is. So I'm asking, you know, not 16 or 17 games worth, but what are the three things in 2022 that I'm going to know we've won? Um, and that comes from – we just did this HGM where they said vision. You remember that great line about vision? That vision is prayed down, prayed down. not talked up. And so – like yes. uh, Or thought up. I'm like, God, what is the vision for 2022? What are these wins, and how can I get leadership resources that can help me and then help we grow towards that? Um, and I don't fully have all of that, to be honest with you. I know small groups. We've got to get better with that. So I'm trying to learn more about small groups. But I'm trying to not learn more about small groups so I can say, hey, we got to get small groups. Because the reason we're failing at small groups is not because we don't have them. It's because I'm not good at shepherding the small group leaders. So I'm reading stuff about how to be a better team leader and a better shepherd over them. So those are just some things that I'm doing to try to grow as a leader. So here's a question. How do you balance that CEO shepherd tension? Not very well for me. That's yeah. exactly what I wrote down. Not uh, very well. I, I'm like Kobe, Kobe mentioned last time he leans towards the shepherd side, and I, I'm that way. I want to take care of you. I want to mend the wound, and I don't push you to excel. Mm-hmm. I'm not a good manager. Um, and, and so I need to work on that, getting the most out of people, not for my benefit, not fleecing them, but mm-hmm. getting the most out for their benefit yeah. to help them be a better person. And yeah. so I need to work on that. It's attention. It is very much attention. And I, I tend to overcorrect. And so I live in CEO land for a bit and then I'm like, ah, I'm not being a shepherd. And then I'll go to shepherd land. <laughs> and I notice that wherever I'm living, I demonize the other side. Oh, those CEO pastors, they're not real pastors. They don't care about their people. But then when I'm in CEO mode, I'm like, oh, those shepherd guys, they don't care about growing the church and growing the ministry. It's attention. you got to have multiple ones. It's not just one versus the other. It's both of them. What about you, Colby? You said that you don't manage it very well. I put not very well. But to be honest... Uh, yeah, like Joey said, I was I was more concerned about the shepherd part of it, less of the CEO part of it. But you know, we've got a lot of excuses right now. I mean, and the easiest one is the pandemic. You know, we can right. use the pandemic as an excuse. You know, a lot of the pastors I talk to, maybe not all of them, but a lot of the pastors I talk to, their numbers are down, and and we're in a rebuilding mode. Let's let's be honest, we're in a rebuilding yeah. mode. So, how do I switch over? And so now it's more. I would say the last probably the last year um, I've been more of a CEO and less of a shepherd because as a shepherd, well, we couldn't go to hospitals. We couldn't go do a lot of things. We couldn't come together 
close together. We couldn't go to, you know, I could go to houses, but I'm afraid that with a lot of my senior community, I didn't want to go in there and, and give them something and, and then have to live with that. And so just a lot of it, a lot of reasons and excuses on how to, why I wasn't being the shepherd. So I went from really focused on being a shepherd to really focused on being a CEO. And I got to find that balance in the mm-hmm. middle there where uh, I can do both. Yeah. And it's not simple. It's not something that you can just, I mean, maybe there's somebody out there that, that is nailing it. I'm not. I just, I don't think that there is, man. Like a lot of the pastors that I talk with, they're either in one land or the other land. And it typically seems like when I talk to other pastors, whatever land they're in, they're going, I wish I could be in this other land or demonizing the people in the other land. Yeah. And like, I just think that this is a tension that we're always going to have as leaders. And, and here's my tension in that. This is one of my biggest problems is when to deal with problems, when to be that shepherd and I'm praying for them, I'm loving them, I'm trying to help them along, I want to be patient with them, mm-hmm. I want to be kind to them, and then being that CEO that goes, no, you didn't get it done. And it's got to be done. Right. Yeah. Um, At what point, how do we, how do we hold people accountable while still shepherding them? And, and people that are listening will be, well, dude, holding people accountable is shepherding, right? Like, and there's that whole illustration of the shepherd breaking the leg of the sheep and all that stuff. And I'm like, uh, are you just using that as an excuse to be a mean guy to your people in your church? Like, don't, don't be mean, but yeah. How do you hold people accountable? I don't like confrontation. Right. I like people to like me. Yeah, I like yeah, I like people to like me. I don't like being I don't like having confrontation. I'm not Colby who just thrives on confrontation. <laughs> yeah, Colby has found out that he's not as uh big and bad as he once thought he was. <laughs> that sabbatical really did me in. Um cuz I, I I can't I can't just go up and break the leg of a sheep. Yeah. Um I now, I really now, I genuinely, a real sheep I could. Yeah. A real sheep I could and yeah, had some lamb chops, but I I can't do that to my people, and I really struggle with that because uh, – and I found that, that I, I'm an approval addict. I I, I want to make sure that the people approve of what I'm doing so that more people will show up. And and I think that uh, you fall into that category of uh, being the CEO because we're rebuilding. We're trying to get people in, and and so it's hard to be that that CEO that wants to make everybody happy. I mean, your yeah. business is going to crash yeah. if that's what you're going to do. Man. And so it's that it's that, that fine line that you got to walk, yeah. and it's very I, difficult. I think the church world is unique in that we live in the world where we can go for decades without, quote, selling our product, end quote, and still be in business. Our product is conversion. Like, that's our product. People saved for the gospel. Now, Jesus does the saving. The Holy Spirit does the drawing. Like, we do none of that, right? We partner with God, and he works in and through us. But think of it this way. If we were to value, if we were to evaluate the people that get saved every year in our churches, one thing, and then secondarily, the people that get connected to the body of Christ, and I I hope you believe in your church as an effective body of Christ, right? I don't just want them saved. I want them saved and part of my church because I know my church has at least decent theology, and I I know the most about my church as I do any other church in the city, so I want them to be part of mine. If that were donuts and we opened a donut shop, like how many donuts have we sold this year? If If that's the judge, people that have been saved this year and people that have been connected to our church, would we still be in business in 2022? That is such a hard conversation. But we do in the church, 
We can go for years without people getting saved or without people getting baptized or people getting serving, whatever it is. And, man, we just we live in almost, in terms of the CEO side of it, almost a fantasy land because we've learned how to pare our budget down to just enough to where if just the faithful keep showing up and keep giving, we can keep going. And I think we don't. It's like the, the, we're the tightrope walker with the safety net up under us. Well, if we slip and fall, we just slip and fall. But at some point, we've got to be willing to, in, 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 in good shepherd mode, say, hey, here is where we need to go. We need to see people get saved. And last year, this is the results we had. So either we can just pretend that everything's okay, or we can acknowledge this is where we're at, and this is what we, we've got to make some changes here. And I think about the people that sometimes they go to the doctor and the doctor's like, hey, if you keep living like this, you're going to die in five years. How many of them still, we've all seen people smoke while they're on oxygen, right? Mm-hmm. Like if that, if this hasn't convinced you to stop smoking, I pulled up to a friend of mine's house. His dad was diagnosed with lung cancer and he was, man, it was bad. Pulled up to pick my buddy up. His dad's standing outside smoking. I'm like, bro, stop, stop. You're killing yourself. Stop. And I think sometimes as churches, we can avoid that tension of CEO because it's just easier to keep the faithful happy because at least they can show up and keep giving. And it's, it's just a hard challenge, hard it place is. for us to be at. So how do we do it, guys? Well, uh, I, I don't know. I don't have the answers. Just a couple <laughs> things I did have learned about leadership, uh, and I've done these things, is if you have somebody out to get you and, and they're trying to, to, to gun you down, don't give them ammo to shoot at you uh, by your leadership skills or leadership style so or what your leadership would that look like? actions. What types of things would give them ammo? What okay. would that look like? Uh, so not handling a situation in the right attitude, the right heart. Oh, man. It, you know, and so I, I've done in there. I went and blowed up on somebody, that, and all I did was give them ammo to use against yeah. me. I didn't handle it right. Yeah. And, and I was at, so here's how I used to, at, at, if I had to confront somebody, if you made me confront you, I'm coming in as a bull in a china shop. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, everything's going to get destroyed when it's over. Uh, <laughs> instead, instead of coming in gently and, and, and lovingly in the attitude of Christ, how I want Christ to correct me. Oh, man. Here he goes with that. Um, the second thing I've learned in, in leadership is you're better off dealing with it sooner than rather than later. Yeah, that's uh, I, I've learned that, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> what you don't resolve will revolve. Yeah. yeah. And I've learned that the people that I, I went to early and dealt with, one of two things, they were going to leave me eventually. If they got mad at that, they were going to get mad at something else down the road. If I appeased them here, there was going to be something else they got mad at and, and left, or they were going to be appreciative that I'm, I'm – see potential in them mm-hmm. to help them become better. Yeah. Well, it's like when we talk about correction. If we correct people the correct way, people will receive that. And if they want, there's a deeper issue. So if we come at somebody like, hey, you doggone it, you did this wrong, nobody's going to receive that. But if we come up to them like, hey, I know you didn't mean to do this, or, dude, you got so much more inside of you than that, but I've noticed when you respond to people this way, it kind of makes you come across this way. People will receive that particular type of correction, and maybe if they're not receiving it from us, can we just be gut level honest for a second? Maybe we haven't built a bridge, worth, relational bridge, worthy of them to receive us. I think sometimes I get into this thing, well, I'm the pastor. They better listen to me because I'm doggone it. My name's on the sign. And 
what is that? How does that give me any kind of right to just break the leg of the sheep? You know, I think that the people that have said that so often are people that are frustrated as leaders and don't want to build the difficult. And if Christ come and did that, my name's on the book. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Who's the, your name's on the sign. Have you noticed that on that sign, that's the one thing that keeps getting replaced? It's the name of the pastor? Like, that doesn't mean anything. Just because you have the title doesn't, you've got to earn that right to be able to speak into people. And I think when we're talking about this CEO shepherd tension, the same thing as well. And, and I'm learning that it just, my team respect me more when I'm honest. And when I say, guys, this year has stunk. I'm talking this year has been just the worst. And we've done some good things, but also we've got some things we need to fix and we need to change. Man, can I, your church knows it. They just have refused to admit it. Your church knows it. Your church knows that you're not reaching people. They, they know it. They, they, it's not, they go to the same building, right? Yeah. They go to the same they, building. You they, do. they see the same people. They see the same thing you do. Every Sunday. And when, when I think that when a leader stands up, at least I've seen this in my experience, and says, hey, uh, things aren't the way that they used to be, and I've got to get better, and I think that we all can get better, people go, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. Now, the, the challenge that I have is consistently bringing that vision back around because I think I'm going to say it one time and we're going to have a vision meeting, vision Sunday, and then all of a sudden that's fixed the problem. When going back to the health analogy, if I go to the doctor and he's like, man, you got to start eating right and exercising, it's not just that I went to the doctor and acknowledged it. Now I've got to live the stuff out. And you can't just do it for seven days. And you can't just do it for seven days. And that's where I need help to grow as a leader, why I'm trying to read some of these books, even saying it on this podcast so you guys can help hold me accountable, those types of things. How's it said? Vision leaks? Vision leaks, yeah. And so you got to keep refilling that vision if it's going to be out there yeah. for yourself also because I know it leaks for me. Yeah. I, I, I cast that vision all this way it's going to be, and then I get distracted by whatever, the cares yeah. of what's going on yeah. or the details because I can get caught in the details. That's mm-hmm. one of the things uh, that that's one of my problems. I get caught in the details and miss the big picture sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I need to keep that vision before me so I can mm-hmm. keep going. I love it. I realized that about uh, last month we had our leadership meeting, and and uh, they know the mission statement of this church. I say it just about every – actually, I say it every week in, in the message. Um, and so they know the the, uh, the mission statement. I did a seven-week series on our core values in January and February, and I haven't talked about them since. And so I went to that leadership meeting uh, the beginning of October, and I said, hey, what are our core values? Couldn't get anybody to get a single core value, and they wrote them. Yeah. Because well, like I, we didn't, were just talking I about. didn't have it in front. I didn't have it in front of me. I didn't have it in front of them. And and so we've, we've, we've realized that the vision is not leaking. The vision is, is turning into a solid. It's not, it's not, it's not getting out over people. It's, we're, we're, we've kept it to ourselves. We didn't, uh, we didn't share it, and so it just shows that, you know, as far as the – I'm not shepherding them. I'm not leading them in mm-hmm. in the core values. There's some things that we're doing, but there's most of the things we're not. Yeah. They sound great. They're wonderful. They'd look good on the wall. Mm-hmm. But if you're not doing anything yeah. with them, then why have them? Here's the thing, man. Evaluate your Sunday service. Everything you do can be traced back to a value. Yes. So by what you're doing currently – what values do they trace back to? We have a band because the value that we have is musical worship matters. 
Another value that we have is good musical worship is pleasing to the ears and helps people enjoy being part of the experience. Now, the emphasis is on the good part of that, but that we trace that back to that value. That's why we do that. Bro, we haven't, we've barely been in our community this year. Can I confess? We've barely been in our community. Not going in the community is traced back to a value. I put more energy into having a good band than I have been on being in the community. What's the value? I don't care about the community. Now, I can try to, I can try to be a, a quote, the shepherd and be like, Brian, you, you've had a lot going on and it's been a pandemic. So have all these other churches that are actually in the community. What, I, what I've, got to try, I've got to come to grips with, I've got to do better. And I found this out the hard way. I was griping about a pastor in our community that I don't like. And I'm griping about that guy. And I said, and it was, I, maybe it's Holy Spirit. Maybe it's, maybe it's the way my dad treated me growing up. I don't know what it is. But something was like, well, how, how much have you been in the community, bud? And I'm like, why are you talking to me like that, bro? Like, I, I just confession time. We talked about having counselor session and confession time in this podcast. I can't, I don't have a regular routine of going out and sharing my faith with people. I don't. I have very few non-church people that are in my life that I'm intentionally building a relationship with so I can share the gospel with them. But I sure can preach and give you good theology. I can tell you what Augustine said, right? And I'm, I'm just sitting here being confronted with a CEO shepherd thing. And this is the hardest mic drop moment for me. I have become an expert at hosting religious services, and I don't think that's what God's called me to do. I think God's called me to impact the city. And I've got to change that. Like, I I will, man, the hammer will come down if one of my nursery workers doesn't show up on time. But I'm not bothered that I don't regularly evangelize. It's got to be a problem. Paul said to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. He didn't say make sure you got people in the nursery. And so in terms of growing our leadership plan, I see a lot of glaring places where I've got to be better. And I don't want to just prognosticate. I want to pursue the presence of God. I think I read something. To, it was today. Uh, you can't lead people where you're not traveling. Yeah. And that's that, so that, that good. Comes up. Yeah. That's so good. It's like uh, somebody told me, that, uh, it was Bishop Tony Miller before he passed. He said, if all of your testimony stories are about what happened in the 80s, either God's not doing something in your church or you're not paying attention to it. And I'm like, Man, do I have any regular stories of, man, I share, I was sharing my faith with somebody the other day, and they just told me I was stupid. I don't have stories like that. And I will, I just did a funeral a couple of weeks ago, and there was a lot of non-church people there. So you know what I do? I count that as evangelism. Now, yes, it is evangelism. There were non-church people there. I shared the gospel. But I'm not going out meeting people to share the gospel with them. I, I just, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm bleeding on this podcast to say, man, I think that our church that I get to be a part of, we can be better, and I want to be better. Be better. That's what be I want to do. Be to, better. That's be your better. word. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the uh, book uh, from Sam, Sam Chan, uh, How to Share Jesus Without Being That Guy. And, uh, man, it's got some gold nuggets in that thing. And it's about building the relationship. It's about uh, spending time with the non-believer. Instead, we're trying to, and when I say we're, I'm talking about the church, we're trying to fill our pews with people from other churches, and and we're, we're not we don't we don't care that people are dying and going to go. hell. We just want that family that used to come to our church and filled the pews and gave a lot of money. We want them back because yeah, they're number, going to a different numbers church matter right more now. than conversions. Yeah. yeah, I've been thinking about this, man. Like I've been just looking over the past five or so years of our church, 
And while we've seen people get saved, and, man, I praise God for that, a lot of the people that have filled out those cards and that have claimed salvation experiences haven't plugged into the local church at all. And so they're saved, but they're not connected to community. You can't read the Bible without seeing community matters. And I've been celebrating disgruntled Christians with Pastor A now coming to my church because all of a sudden I'm the, the best pastor and I can make it better. That's not that's not yeah. that's not moving the needle of the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. That's not going and making disciples. That's create hosting religious services for people that are already interested in religious services. And I hope you can feel my tension because I feel oh, like, yeah. like got the same tension over here. Like I I the church is beautiful. <laughs> The body of Christ is so beautiful. Like, it's where I found my life. It's where I found Jesus. It's where we found hope. It's where we, it's where I found my wife, right? I mean, like, the, the body of Christ is beautiful, and I want to be a part of leading that, of leading the body of Christ to fulfill her mission. And I guess as we wrap it back up, it all goes back to fulfilling our personal growth plan. My personal growth as a leader, I'm sharing the gospel has to be part, a core value of mine. And how can you tell if it's a core value? Trace it back to what do I do? If I were to look at the things I do in my life at what a core value is, yikes. Yikes. Values is what you do. Values are Mm -hmm. what you do. Yep. Not what you say or what you put on a wall. Yeah. So. I don't like this. Can we wrap this up? Yeah. I think we should (laughs) re-record this one. We're not going to let this one get out to the public. So. I hope that you guys have experienced our tension. We decided to start this one off and talk about our personal growth leadership plan. And I think what has turned into this is we realize that we're doing good in some areas, but, man, there's some critical core areas that we want to improve at. At least I I say that for myself for sure. And so if this has spoken to your soul, man, Joey has something he'd like to share with you. Uh, Listen, if this spoke to your soul, go to our Facebook page. You can go to the search bar, type in small church leadership, It'll pull it up and share that with us. Uh, let it know what it spoke to you. And so, and, and maybe what else would speak to you, what you need to be spoken into your life. And so that we can know that and maybe make that a future uh, podcast. And so we would appreciate you going there and giving us your input. I love it. Kobe, you got anything? Yeah, I think that uh, this one is going to be posted on uh, November 22nd. So happy Thanksgiving, fellas. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Don't eat too much turkey. I enjoy the Go to turkey. Facebook, type in Small Church Leadership, like our page, give us a five-star rating. We are thankful for our listeners. We are absolutely thankful for our listeners. And tell a friend. Bring somebody with you next time. That's right. Share the information. Get them out there. Come on, somebody. So, guys, we love you. We really appreciate you. This has been a tension podcast, and we hope that it's stirred some tension up in you. I mean, guys, wouldn't that be awesome if the tens of listeners to this podcast all over their international reach, what if this stirred five churches to really evaluate their mission? Hey, five additional, because there are three churches represented here, right? Right. That's eight churches that could be stirred to, man, I want to sell some more donuts, right? And so with that being said, this is the Small Church Leadership Podcast. We hope and pray that this has been something that's encouraged you and helped the small church fulfill the big mission. My name's Brian. I'm Joey. And I'm Colby. And we'll see you next time, guys, when we're going to do a recap of our word for the year. Now, you've heard us talk about it a lot. We've been bringing it up periodically from podcast to podcast. So you definitely want to be here for next episode when we talk about that. And until then, we love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye now.